Hi everyone, Valerie Lynn here. Last week, we started our caregiver series with Carrie Alberts, AKA Dementia Darling. We started with her top tip, finding your community. And if you're a caregiver or you know someone who is, you'll definitely want to check it out. Well, this episode is a continuation of that first conversation. We're covering Carrie's top tips for caregivers. She worked in senior living for a decade, has a degree in gerontology and a passion for caregivers. And all of these tips are so important. So here we go. From respite to gaslighting, part two, more tips for caregivers. Welcome to Desperately Seeking Senior Living, a podcast for sons, daughters, grandkids, and spouses who suddenly find themselves tangled in the search for senior living and care. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and check out our doable download in today's show notes for a printable summary of the show and a bonus tip from our guest. You're listening to our doable tips, short answers to your questions. Don't see your question listed? Send us a note. Then don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an answer. Okay, so what is your next tip? Okay, my next tip is respite, which is super annoying to most people. Most caregivers are like, oh, respite must be nice. <laughs> I'm like, I get it. I'm so annoying. I get it. <laughs> like, it's, it's not realistic for most, yeah. unfortunately. And so again, with all of my tips, start now. Do not wait on anything. So with respite, so do you mean like financially? Yes. Respite. Yeah. I, I get so, you know, I get so in my world I know. and I'm like, everyone knows what respite is. It's like, no, no. I, I know. I have um, to do the same thing. I have to like pull back and go, they, a lot of families, there are families who don't even know what in-home care is. There are families that oh. don't even know what assisted living. These are industry terms. How would they know? Oh, Valerie, I forget that not everyone has dementia. So that, don't, worry, yeah, that too. don't worry. Uh, so <laughs> sometimes my mom has to take me out and say, okay, like look outside your world for a second. And, you know, like it takes a little of the pressure off. But um, so respite, yes, is it time away from your care? Yeah. Whether that is an hour. I, I know that's even a lot. From, for many or days yeah. or, you know, I've seen people go on months uh, mm -hmm. and it's great. Respite is very important. Yeah. So respite is that time away, that time off, little vacations. But I do want to add that caregivers never get a vacation because I feel like mentally they're never really mm. off. Unfortunately, yeah. when I talk to caregivers, they're like, yeah, I went on respite, but I was so stressed the entire time that I wasn't there to help, that something was going to happen, that they were going to pass away when I was gone. And then when I, I knew when I was going to come back, I would have so much crap to deal with. And so they couldn't even enjoy themselves. No. Oh my gosh, Carrie, you have no idea how many times I have said to a family, a family member, a family caregiver, give yourself permission not to answer the phone. Take your it away. mom, your dad is in a protected environment yeah. Yeah. and they will redirect yeah. them or they will, you know, help them yeah. through whatever that moment is. They have a button they can push if it's assisted living, right? Give yourself that permission. Some of, these, some of these family caregivers are answering the phone at 3 a.m. Oh, oh, 100%. And I love it. My friend, Chris McCabe of Life with Grams on social media, she went on her first respite of, like, for years, her first respite to a, like, caregiver get away in the mountains. It was like oh, made wow. for care. I forgot the, I'll have to tell you, I I'm sure you follow them as well. Um, 
they're incredible. They do these excursions for caregivers. Yes. yes. And they went to Colorado and she had no service. So it like forced her to be completely wow. cut off, which was great. And she yes. trusted who her grandma was with. So that was like peace of mind. But she's like, you never though turn off. You're still like, like what could be happening right now? And it's, it's just a lot. So I think that's a huge thing to recognize because I almost hear too much that caregivers are like, I kind of wish I didn't even go because I came back to a mess or I came back to some them in a different stage. And it's just like, <sighs> it's also a, it's also like the psychology of a role. Oh especially, yeah. Right. Especially when you've been doing it for years. So I have, you know, so many families that are family caregivers, um, especially spouses that they finally get to the point where it's yeah. too much for them. And so they are considering, uh, an actual move to a memory care or an assisted living. And I always say to them, I just want to prepare you that on move-in day, that first night when you're alone at your place, I want to prepare you that it could, it could be really sad. It could yes. be very difficult for you to give up a big portion of your caregiving role. hundred percent. Can't turn off right I, away. So I completely, I completely understand that yeah. when even, even when we're talking about just a break, but I yeah. think, you know what? Yeah. One of the other things that you talked about was start early and, yes. and I think what you were heading toward there are the wait lists. Yes. And get like, get things in order and not only for like vacay purposes, but also for if you're ever sick. Oh, an emergency. Or something an ever happens. Yeah. Because <clears throat> that's when you're like, oh, what do I do? And yeah. Yeah. And just like on a completely logistic note. Yeah. <laughs> so I know I'm here in Washington state. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure every state has regulations when it comes to caregiver to resident ratio. And so the huh. other reason to start yes. early, it's not just start early to get on the wait list, but go to more than one place, find yes. more than one, because if their resident to caregiver ratio is met, then they won't be able to take on a respite. So no. yeah, so no. you definitely want to get that. Great point. Yeah. And like some places don't take respite and some places, I mean, yeah. and even if you are, you know, need low income services, at least in Nevada, what I'm used to is like, you have to get on sometimes like a year long, years long wait list to get in for programs for respite care. And they have programs that'll come in a couple hours a week and give you some time. Mm -hmm. Yes. Things like that. And getting on those lists, it's so frustrating to hear that, but do not wait till crisis because that's a huge thing that I see way too much. And then you're kind of out of luck at that point. Unfortunately, we don't have enough services for the enough people right now. And we're just not hitting the demand. And so it's, I think there's weights everywhere if you have money or not in a lot of situations, which yeah, is... Yeah, absolutely. But there are also day stays too. Yes. And you can get someone to come in the home, stay in for a little bit. Um, but yeah. No, drop off your loved one. Yes. Or dropping the, them off yeah, during yeah. adult daycare centers are the future. I'm obsessed with adult daycare centers. I was the yes. director of one. I yeah. love them. But like those are few and far between though for a lot of people, those are really hard to find. I know it's really hard to find these resources. So it's again, getting ahead of it as much as possible, getting things yeah. kind of in a place, just seeing if you can call on certain people, if that does happen, just finding ways for you to get away in any way possible. Even if it's literally your friend wants to help, but they don't know how, have them come over and watch a movie with your loved one. So you can just like take a hot shower 
Yeah. Or like yes. do Without something. Like you can still be here. Like you can still be in the room or the, the home, but like do yeah. something for yourself. Even if it's that, that's huge. Yeah. So just be creative. Yeah, absolutely. And there are also, so I, I know you already know this. I have a company called Clear Path and that's actually what we do is help families find assisted living memory care and these resources. Well, a lot of families don't even know that we exist, people like me, but there are people like me in every state. So that's important to know. That's exciting. Right? Is that, you know, you can find that resource to help you if there isn't someone on your tribe that is ready to research. So (laughs) would you, what would I like Google to find you in my state? Yeah. And that is another really tough. That is a great question, Carrie, because let me tell you something. (laughs) We're actually called different names. And so Ah, another barrier for caregivers. The industry. (laughs) You got to love this industry. You got to love it. We're still learning every day, right? This whole industry. Yes. I've had someone on my show before and I've a professional in a different state and I've said something and they're like, what is that? And I'm like, wow, wow. So New York doesn't call the same thing that I call, right? It's like, so so imagine families, right? So, oh yeah. Oh, you, yeah. I mean, here, there are keywords. I'll put them in show notes, but like senior advisor. Okay. Love it. How would you know? Um, Senior living consultant, senior living advisor. Okay. Like a case manager? No, oh, not, like a, not no. a case manager. <laughs> Just kidding. See, See? thank you. <laughs> not a case manager. A referral yep. okay. agency. Okay. How would you even know? How would you even know? You wouldn't. And okay, just a side note, when you're researching caregivers, you're also going to run into this thing where you might be looking for a specific thing and someone has a paid advertisement that, that comes up. And so like, you might be looking for the community on the block down the street from you, but what ends up coming up is an online agency that is not going to give you the, they're not even able to give you the information because it's not the community. So there's just this whole world that does make it more difficult for, that's interesting, right? It, we're here trying to clean up a little bit of a mess. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's, it's not fair. Is that leading to, I feel like we're creating a whole nother tip here. Is this even, is this tip even on your categories list? No, I'm just kidding. No, it's just like, do, it's annoying to say this. I feel like all my tips are annoying because they're so busy already, (laughs) but like do your research and like, or if you don't have the time, see if someone can do their, like, I just anything you can find yeah. about these communities, about these places. Cause again, yeah, you can't necessarily trust those ads in those places that, Mm-mm. that say like, we know it all. Like, and, no. and because yeah. a lot of them, it could be that, yeah, they could they're, be completely not even aligned with being, that. It's money. And they're it's, being yes. paid for that. Yes. So yes. it's very frustrating. I remember this is so naughty. I remember doing, uh, doing tours for the assisted living and memory care I worked for. And I, literally would say, do not let your loved one move in here. So la la la, we're not going to let anyone that you used to work for know that. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) Uh, They know I don't like them. Um, no, I'm just kidding. So no, it was, it was so bad. And I was literally like, and then I got to a point where I said, I'm not doing tours anymore because I feel like I'm lying. And 
And then I peaced out because it was just not okay. But I, I felt so guilty. And so I got to a point where I would literally say, do not go there. They don't know how to handle it. Your loved one has anger issues. There's no way they're going to handle that. And you're going to be turned around in 30 days. Oh my so gosh, Carrie. That. Like I was so oh. honest with them. Yeah. And they were just yeah. like, and I remember the recruiter person or whoever it was, was in shock. And I was just like, sorry. Okay. Like, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Do you know how many memory care clients that I have helped that have been kicked out? They, yeah. or, or, or the family member themselves is so unhappy with the care. Yeah. I will say that's one of the things that I love about being in business so long for what I do is that I have all the insider information from the, yeah, families, you know. the families that are happy or the families that weren't happy. Right. I always tell families, I don't yeah. live in any of these places. Right. But I have yeah. all of these families that can say, oh, this was a good place. This was a good place. But you're right. There are places that say they are dementia certified according to Washington State. And I'm sure you I have some of the video. same the, the same certifications, right? And then I go and I tour and I'm like, yeah. oh my There's gosh, no way. You, you're not speaking the language. No, they're arguing in the corner with someone with dementia. Like, yeah, don't. Yes. That's a whole other episode, my friends, like what to look, what to look for, yes. who to talk to. Yes. Like, talk to those floor workers, man. Yeah. Um, other families other, that are oh, visiting. Be, be besties with the yeah. families. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. I mean, because it's, it's such a shame because it's so expensive and we could, we could talk about this forever, but it's just, we're going to have really, so many episodes. It's Carrie. disturbing. <laughs> we will, we really will. Cause I could talk forever. It's disturbing. And I was in senior care for like in assisted living, adult daycare, memory cares for years. So we could. How was I? I was in a lot of buildings, five different buildings. Yeah. So much. So, so much. So much. So many things that need, that need help. Senior care confidential. <laughs> oh, truly. Truly. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. I'm naughty. What's, what's your next tip? What's your next tip? <laughs> okay. Okay. So my, it's another homework assignment. I feel like I'm so annoying, uh, but it's the education aspect of every, like educate, educating yourself on the disease your loved one has giving, getting your, giving yourself some type of like, not expectation, but knowing, oh, this might happen. This, I might need this in the future. I might need this tool. This service is huge because you don't want to wait until it's crisis. And you're like, should I know this? Like what is happening? Are, is this normal? It's nice to have that. I think it's really great for your mind and your heart. I mean, truly to have a little bit of like, okay, this, this could happen. But again, with dementia, everyone's very different. So you could be like waiting yeah. for something to happen and something completely different. Happens. Yeah. It doesn't even happen. You're like, yeah. Oh, that must've been nice for all those other people that experienced that. <laughs> and, you know, just like doing the education in the sense that like, also, it's not going to look like, again, everyone you see online, right? And a, yeah. a lot of people, you know, you see a lot of people online that have these beautiful relationships with their loved one, which is wonderful. But that is not always the case. Sometimes we're caring for someone that was a jerk to us our whole life or sometimes, you know, and so to being just educated in how we can go about that as best as possible to protect ourselves, to give the best care we can. Yeah. And I would say not just dementia, right? Like oh, yeah. Parkinson's, for example. Oh, 
There are yeah. families that I've worked with that didn't realize there were special eating utensils. Absolutely. Someone after a stroke saying, yes. yeah, absolutely. There's yeah. so many things, so many therapies, but we don't talk about it. And it's just this doom and gloom narrative we have around everything. Fortunately, there's people again, popping up every day online because we can't get it from our doctors yet. We're not there yet, but we can okay. get it online. We can get some cool tips and tricks and, and just things that can help. Not everything will always work every time, but it's great to at least be a little prepared. I totally agree. Education is huge, huge. And it's, it's again, another thing we have to do. That's why I try to make my page really just digestible, but with me, like, you don't know where I'm going to go. I'm going to talk about UTIs one day. Then I'm going to talk about um, <laughs> some too. random puzzles. Like, I don't <laughs> yes. know. So good luck yes. on my page. No, I'm just kidding. But like, you can, but I, you know, I just think having some, some kind of education and some awareness around what your loved one is going through is huge for both parties. And, and for you to also advocate for them. And then not just for like the people that are caring for them, but also your family members that don't believe you and are gaslighting you and are like, that's not happening. And you're like, well, here's the education behind it. And it is happening. And you know, you can kind of come at it with this, like you're not coming at it. That was emotional, but you're not coming at it emotional. You're coming at it literally. Here is a study. This is happening. This is real. But it's so true. I just recently had a client none of her siblings believed anything. And, and, you know, you want to say, well, why don't you take your vacation from your job and you come stay with dad? Yeah. And then you tell me, (laughs) you know, and a lot of times they will not. Right. So they would never, I've gotten a lot of caregivers that have gotten to the point where they're just sending them videos. And they're like, if you watch it, you watch it. You don't, you don't, whatever. But it's like videos of maybe an outburst that the parent has because they're literally, like you said, they're being gaslit by their family members who don't want to provide help or at least even, even acknowledge it. Like maybe, yeah, you're not going to help me and be in the trenches with me, but can you at least say, yes, my mom has dementia or whatever it may be. And we need to face this as a family because it's not going to get any better. I do want to bring psychology into it just a little bit. Yes. No, bring me down. I, and it's, and it's only just because I have seen it so many times that it is so hard to think about aging, to think about the reversal of roles where now you're the mom to your mom. Oh, yeah. And yeah. And I think that we have to just like give a shout out to denial because I no, think that absolutely. a lot of times the these family members that are gaslighting caregivers, it's because they just don't want to see it. Oh no. And they're fighting with some other demons. Yeah. No, it's a lot. That's yeah. why mental health like mental health yeah. is so huge. Isn't that one of your tips? Uh, yes. <laughs> it's another homework one. They hate me, but yeah, I'll take, I'll take you into self-care, but self-care. And of course that's mental health. I mean, I think, yeah. I think mental health should be your like number one self-care move and going to yeah. doctor's appointments of any kind that you need. It's not just bubble baths and face masks, right? It's, it's Although more that's than nice. that. Those are lovely. <laughs> Hydrating. Yes. Yeah. And like sleeping socializing and doing things we love, which is so hard, takes a lot of time and energy and preparation for a caregiver, unfortunately. But yeah, mental health is huge. And unfortunately, it's hard to get mental health help. Yep. And, and it's hard to find even five minutes for self-care. Didn't you do this challenge? Yes. Oh my gosh. And I felt so badly afterwards. I'm like, oh, I need to be careful next time. 
Did you get pushback? Was that? I got pushback. So I said like, self-care challenge, dementia darling, if you can at least do five minutes a day. And I got some pushback that was like, that's not even realistic, da, da, da. And I was just like, okay, that's good to know. I can't believe, like, that breaks my heart. I can believe it. And it breaks my heart. And they were in a really hard place. And I hope that they're in a place now where they, that isn't so unrealistic to them. But I get that caregivers get to that place where they're just like, you kidding me? That's not even on my scope. We're just trying to get through every day. It's just like, you have to fill yourself and it's, you actually can't be that great of a caregiver. Honestly, when you get to that point, because you're just like, you get numb and you're not doing what, I, I don't know, you're just going through the motions and no one needs to get to that point. And unfortunately it's so common there's just such a need for, for care and help. Like people don't have, don't feel that they have it or really, they just do not even know where to go, where to start. And, and this is where, you know, we see caregivers sometimes getting sicker than the ones they're caring for. I wish I remembered the statistic because it almost seemed like I shouldn't be saying it because it didn't seem real. Cause I remember learning it in like college and it was like, I can't be that high. I just, I just, I don't know though. I don't know what that is now. Yeah. I remember hearing that and, and, and I was just like, oh my, this is an, like a huge problem. I met a, a gentleman that passed away before his wife that I was caring for in memory care because he came down literally from the stress, a stress induced blood disease. Wow. Well, and so many caregivers, you know, right now have jobs. They have kids at home. They have their own younger and younger, right? Yeah. Hobbies and friends and like things they're supposed to be doing while they're also caregiving. Like it's too much. And can we just acknowledge being a human is just hard (laughs) enough, right? Like I try to always put that out there. I'm like, I love that. Just acknowledge that like, (laughs) it's really hard to live right now. Um, and on top of this, you guys are like on making sure someone else is living a life, which is a job. So much. (laughs) It is another job, Um, a full-time job. Uh, and it's mind blowing how it's, yes, the younger and younger caregivers I'm seeing, but it's, yeah, it's across the whole lifespan. You're seeing all of these different caregivers and, and the sacrifices that are made and just, yeah, the massive isolation. Yeah. Yeah. And all different, all different ages with, especially with Alzheimer's starting, starting so young. So what, so how many tips did okay. we get through? Did the we last get, one okay. is yes. preparation. Ooh. So we've yes. like touched on this in all of them, but I just want to like hit it home. Preparation is huge for many parts yeah. of the journey, but I'm kind of like the big one I want to like hone in on is paperwork and things that you legally have to get in line. Yes. Like at in a certain amount of time, right? Yes. I am not skilled in this. Don't listen to like, I don't know specifics. <laughs> I just know there's things we got to do with an elder <laughs> law attorney. <laughs> I know a PLA, uh, you know, stuff like, like, I, I, always, know that. I always so, like to say, I know enough to be dangerous. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm slightly under that, but yes. I, I know I, enough I, to get you in the right direction. Like, yes, uh, this is so important. It's so important. I have a, I, as you said, a lawyer father. So he was, this is like very big for him. First, get everything in writing. As Bob would say, my dad, 
if you are able to get someone to help you, especially an elder law attorney, they are incredible and can set you up on the right path, especially when you have that dementia diagnosis. Because if you kind of wait too long, you get to a point in the journey where they're not able to write off for themselves anymore, your loved one. And then you have to go and like fight for it. From my understanding, again, I'm not an expert, but you have to go like in front of a judge and you have to like fight for it. So let me tell you, there are some states like Washington state that are very strict, very, very strict, but you are absolutely right. That power of attorney has to be notarized. And if that notary sees that they are not able to make decisions for themselves, then they shouldn't notarize it. I'm not saying they don't, but get you a friend notary is what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) But absolutely. You want to start early and every state is different. So yeah, you have to be aware of all these laws, right? And if you move or if your loved one lives in a different state, figuring that out. So getting on that stuff right away. So again, going back to your community and figuring out who is good at this stuff. We know that's not Carrie. Um, (laughs) That is going to my sister. She's, she's doing, well, she's doing the finances. I'm doing like the medical stuff, but we already have it. We already got it. Thankfully, my dad is on it. But like, again, I'm still learning and it's very hard if you don't have that access to someone who knows how to do that or even knows what it is because a lot of people don't. Yeah. Okay. So how old are your parents? So my dad is 73 and my, my mom is eight years younger. You're preparing now. Oh, we are preparing. (laughs) They are probably so annoyed with me, Valerie. You have no idea. Like we, first off, we can't have a family dinner without me being like, so if one of us dies, like I, I'm so sorry, but I'm, because I've literally made my, like all my social media is like all of these kind of things for the journey and for aging and for, and I'm trying to really become normalized around, you know, I, I follow a lot of death doulas. So I'm trying to come normalized with that. And I love, I love learning about it. And I worked in, in with hospice a little bit and I learned a lot. And so this is kind of helping me bring things together yes. in my mind. So I share so much with my family. The, my poor parents are probably like, <laughs> we're getting older. Like, can you stop? But I think their spring chicken still it's fine. <laughs> well, I think technically these days they kind of are. Yeah. They are. <laughs> they love me for that. But I'm, I, I'm preparing so much because yeah. I do not want to get in situations that I see that are far too common. And I've already, you know, they've already said, we're getting rid of stuff. So you don't have to deal with it one day. We're getting rid of, you know, furniture. We don't need all this crap. We have these things in place if anything were to happen because they travel a lot for work. My sister and I have everything we need if something were to happen to them. I mean, we're trying to talk about like, I know exactly what kind of service they would want for themselves. Like, and they know what I would want because I travel a lot for work. So I'm just, I'm trying to be very upfront about this kind of stuff because we have to normalize it. And there's nothing to be, I mean, if we're scared of it, it's still going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Might as well prepare a little bit, have some control and say, at least I know my favorite songs are playing at my funeral. Like, you know, at least I know I'm, you know, getting the service I wanted, or at least I know, you know, my loved ones, my money is going to the charity. I really want it to, you know, I just, that's the kind of stuff I'm, I'm trying to think about already. Yeah. And I think the other, the other side of the preparation is for, I think for that couple, right. Who one spouse has dementia and Alzheimer's, the other spouse is the caregiver. What if that spouse has a fall? in the home. What if we have to, right. So I I think that preparation is so important for the whole journey, right? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Preparing for everything. It's and it's a lot, but yeah, getting on lists, getting on people's radars at different memory care, you know, assisted living centers, like, Hey, we're going to maybe move here one day, getting, building that relationship, preparing for that. Maybe you'll never use these services. Great. That's great. But you might, so you might, then you have these connections talking with people in your life and say, am I allowed to call on you at three in the morning if something happens to me? Putting these things in place. And, you know, if it has to be a service that you pay to help you get these things in place, that's okay. Like whatever it takes to, to feel as prepared as possible. But yeah, everything from legally to care wise to one day when you want to take respite to, I mean, I know caregivers that meal prep, I'm even talking about that. So like you can meal prep and make your life a little bit easier. There's so many little things you can prep in life and make life a little bit easier for you. Yeah, absolutely. So we've talked about a lot of really great tips. I'm going to put them all in show notes. And of course, all the links to find you at Dementia Darling. Thank you. And so Carrie, what would you say after everything we've talked about today would be your number one doable tip? Oh my gosh, my number one doable tip. Can it be specific to dementia? Sure. Okay. Mine is, and it's not like simple, but it's and <laughs> uh, it's enter their reality, which I'll talk about when I come back for dementia specific tips. But by number one, if I meet anyone and they're like, "What do I do?" I'm like, "It's their world, and you're living in it now. You're gonna be wrong, and you need to get over it." It took me years and they were not my loved ones I was caring for. So I understand it's going to take a while. Give yourself some grace there. You don't have to be right all the time. If someone does, if they don't believe you in their world, that didn't happen. You go along with that and you say, oh, I forgot. Thank you. You go along with it and you're going to save yourself a lot of grief. You're going to save them a lot of grief. Once you realize that things can be much smoother when you are looking through their lens It just changes the game. Today's episode is brought to you by Carrie Alberts, AKA Dementia Darling, where the mission is that no caregiver feels alone. Carrie's passion for caregivers, education and background in senior living have helped her create a safe space for caregivers. No matter where you are on your journey, Dementia Darling has you covered with valuable tips and resources. Find more information in today's show notes. Check out this episode's doable download in show notes for details, including industry terms and definitions we discussed, as well as a bonus tip from our guest. Have questions or your own tips to share? Leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, make it doable. You know what? Okay. Like, let's pause here for just a quick second, and I'll probably edit this in somewhere. But the truth of the matter is, nobody wants to think about senior living. Nobody wants to talk about aging, dementia, Alzheimer's. This is not top of the to-do list. This is not what someone's vacation reading on the plane. It's right. Like this is this is not fun. And so, honestly, I feel like that's what we both try to do: is bring a little bit of energy, even though it is daunting and horrible yes. and it sucks, but can we bring a little bit of, we of energy to it? To it. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, it's just, yeah. Yeah. To help make it a little Absolutely. more consumable. hundred percent. Right. Ooh, we have something a little e- bit easier. We do.
I yes. guess. 